So on Saturday, um, we, along with other agencies, welcomed the news of the first humanitarian convoy that was able to enter th- uh, into Gaza through the Rafah uh, crossing. Um, it contained essential supplies, food, water, and medicine. But it must be said that even though this was a very good first step, it's nowhere near enough for for the to match the needs of the people inside. And um, we know since then, uh, we have been uh, aware that there has been movement and it's happening in coordination with the Egyptian Red Crescent and UN agencies. And so there is some movement of, of small amounts of really life-saving and essential needs that are going in every day. But um, we, it, it must be said that, you know, compared to the needs that are rising inside, the amount of aid going, going in is, is barely a... You know, some people are saying the drop in the ocean, which is it's really it's really the mm-hmm. case. So you said it's a small amount. Do you have any information about the next delivery and if it will be continuous and sustainable soon? So I know that negotiations are ongoing for for the delivery of aid to be continuous and for it to be in a sustained uh, in a sustained manner. Um, I must say that, you know, I know that a lot of humanitarian partners uh, UN agencies and I, as, as I had mentioned, the Egyptian Red Crescent are working really, really hard to ensure that this is happening every day. Uh, however, a confirmation is uh, never possible, I, I must say, un- unless uh, the green light is given. But what I do know and what I can tell you is that we are ready, we are at the border. Uh, you know, we have more than 40 trucks waiting by the border, along with plenty of other humanitarian agencies who also have uh, high numbers of trucks that are waiting outside. And so we're prepared for any time that uh, we're able to enter again. Onroa said on Sunday it will be running of uh, running out of fuel in three days. So uh, how uh, the situation will be without fuel being allowed into Gaza? Well, this is the situation right now is already catastrophic. Um, we're looking at people who, for the 16th day now, have had no, um, you know, access to essential services. They're running out of food. They're running out of water, and on the fuel, uh, very specifically, fuel is needed for essential services to operate. So, without fuel, hospitals will not be able to operate. And bakeries would not be able to operate. And let me tell you a bit about about the bakeries. So what WFP has been doing on the ground uh, within the first 48 hours of of this uh, escalation is that we've been providing wheat flour to bakeries. The bakeries are producing fresh bread that then gets distributed to the UN shelters for the displaced people in the shelters. We started off with almost 23 bakeries that we're working with to deliver food for the people in shelters. Right now, only four are able to operate. And so the majority of them can no longer operate because they've run out of fuel. They do not have enough power to to get the machines working. And unfortunately, some were also um, hit. And so with this, you know, the collapse of essential infrastructure, the lack of fuel to make sure that the, the machines are running, it's really making a situation that is already catastrophic worse. What are your priorities for distributing aid inside Gaza amid a scarcity of uh, supplies? Um, this is one of the main challenges that, that we're facing at the moment. 
um, because, you know, the needs of the people, the number of people who are in need are much, much higher than the capacity and the resources allow for us to be able to reach. We're on the ground and we're doing everything that we can to make sure that we're reaching as many people as possible, but really it, it's it's limited and, and it's painful how limited it is. And so in terms of um, in terms of prioritization, to try and make sure that we're reaching as many people as possible, we had to reduce the ration of, of food that we were providing per person to make sure that it's it's stretching out to, to as many people. And what we're also doing is we are aware that we cannot reach all the shelters every single day. And so based on the capacity of the bakeries and based on the capacity of, of the distribution on the ground, we prioritize shelters that had not received in the previous day, for example. So we try to make sure that nobody goes too long without having received any form of aid. So if we if we talk more about uh, our uh, WFP colleagues on the ground, uh, what are the challenges facing them now uh, moving around Gaza? And also, do you have any information about if there is any casualties? Our staff have had to uh, evacuate. Some of them have had to evacuate their homes uh, when the evacuation order came for, for the movement to be from the north to the south. And so some of them are currently residing in shelters. Some are staying with, with families in, in host communities. And some have decided to, to stay and uh, in their homes. And so our staff themselves are facing displacement. They're facing the loss of their loved ones. And of course, the pressures of uh, of the whole situation on them, they're working or they're trying to work to make sure that they're reaching the people in need. But right now, the same conditions that have put these people in need is also applying to them. And those challenges, of course, are going to be more. So if we don't have a ceasefire right now, so what can be the challenges to deliver and move supplies across Gaza without a ceasefire or a humanitarian truce? Well, I won't tell you that it's impossible because I know that, you know, WFP and other humanitarian workers are on the ground and ready to respond and meet people's needs no matter the situation. But I can tell you that it is essential. It's an incredibly difficult uh, situation that it is in because humanitarian aid, humanitarian work, humanitarian workers um, should be able to carry out their job to, to make sure that they can reach the people in need. That's, of course, not to mention how essential it is that civilians must be protected and the essential infrastructure, so their hospitals, the bakeries, these all must be protected. And if they're not, then carrying out humanitarian work is essentially much, much harder. So how how are the roads you know going to to operate the, the roads are damaged the infrastructure is damaged this is what is stopping shops from being able to restock with wholesalers the the lack of fuel just like it's impacting you know the the people inside it will also hamper humanitarian operations because these cannot uh, cannot run without that and of course safety safety is as of the utmost importance not just the safety of the humanitarian workers, but we must also ensure the safety of the people that we are providing this aid to. 